0: Welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvi, a.k.a. Danny, a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. Today, I am joined by an amazing man, Edwin Muhammad, a.k.a. The Stylistocrat. Edwin is a Miami native, a creative He's an artist, a dancer, a philanthropist, an activist, a serial entrepreneur, and a socialite. And I learned so much in this episode and it was such a pleasure speaking with him. We take a deep dive into his journey of how he became the stylistocrat, what that means to him. And he shares with us so many powerful tools on why our image is so important, how to build our personal brand, And the importance of prioritizing social impact in our businesses in order to allow the community around us to thrive and for our business to thrive. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. Leave a five star rating and a review of the show. And if you are a person who is an entrepreneur, or even if you're not, it's so important to listen into this episode and understand how your personal brand and who you are and how you show up in the world says so much before you even speak. So I know I learned it took so many nuggets away from this one, I know you can too. So sit back, relax, get your notebook out and enjoy the show. You can too. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a very, very, very special guest. Me and this gentleman, we met just a couple months ago at a really cool networking event. We had the opportunity to work together in a breakout group. And for me, as a black man, it's very few and far in between that I find other black men who are in similar spaces as me. So I feel like we hit it off right away, got coffee, met up, talked life, and it's led to this podcast that we're getting ready to record here. I am honored to be joined by Edwin Mohammed, a.k.a. The
1: stylistocrat. I appreciate you being here, brother. Hey, man, you know it's my pleasure to be here. You know, I, I truly enjoy being able to have real types of conversations around what matters and what can help change and impact personal development. Just across the board because that's just my lifestyle and how I live. Just an extension of me, so I truly enjoy being here, and I'm, it's a pleasure.
0: Absolutely, I appreciate that, and I feel that, man. All about the growth, the evolution, and that's one of the things that drew me to you right away. Is how you were talking about how you were first creating the system for yourself to actually block out time for you to better Mm -hmm. yourself because you found yourself very much caught up in doing all of like the business type things, the career things that needed to be done, but then realizing like, hey, I can actually be even more effective and better at those things when I make time for myself. So it's really cool to hear about that aspect Mm -hmm. of your life. And I just want to know, just checking in, like how's that been working out, making that time for yourself to overall
1: better yourself? You know that's pretty interesting um that's been working out because it's been working out pretty good it's been working out pretty good and it's like a rediscovery mm. um i spent so many years mixing business into my lifestyle and then when pandemic hit it became a clear cut um observation that wait a second that what does my life look like aside from business completely mm. And the merger of the two was there because naturally I enjoy doing what I do. I, I have a lifestyle in working in business where I'm utilizing my talent, my skills, and, and it's done in such a natural way. I created a, a method and a means in a way and a platform where I can just truly be. It's just an extension of me. So right. it's like enjoyable all the way through. It's challenging, yes, but still enjoyable all the way through because I'm doing what I enjoy. So sometimes it always feel like work. Mm. But over the years, it's just been, okay, my lifestyle has just been meshed all in one. So my personal lifestyle still always had business elements within there. And i was always, you know, my networking has just kind of just been there. It's just been conversations naturally. Not like hardcore work. It's just been naturally flowing that way and it it works but what happens is that there was a distinction that was missing the distinction of exactly where edwin Hmm. separate from business edwin Hmm. and the business so there's a business level prosperity in how i live and how that looks and then there's another personal side of what that looks like right and so when i started and i've always done the personal development work and always did inner work and constantly focused on what i'm personally doing and how i can level up and so forth then that's just a whole nother story in and of itself but when pandemic hit it just allowed me to look at things in a different perspective which i did you know as it did with everyone right and so I started to look at okay where am I gonna go from here I see the construct of what's happening in society but then let me look inward a little bit more and I know I wanted to do more work within myself mm-hmm. and I realized that and it's just simple questions like okay what is it that I enjoy doing just myself mm, with no one else involved with no I mean not necessarily with no one else involved because I've always even even enjoyed you know personal time I know how to enjoy my personal time with mm-hmm. myself with no one else there but business was still kind of a mm. a mesh with that it's very unique but it's still in there because right. my perspective is like okay I can still take advantage of this opportunity how is this right here there I'm at this location here and such and such mm. but what about disconnecting completely and seeing what Edwin looks like and where is he at gotcha. at that point point? and that that's where I realized that I need to have a real clear-cut distinction because there is not enough there not that I feel imbalanced or anything of that nature but I want to explore that more because then I, I realize that with that distinction there's more that I can bring to the table because now I can draw and build to on what on top of what I have already so right. my personal development and um, as an artist by nature I've been a little way from my Physical art of actually drawing, painting, and doing all of those different things, and then some. And I've used my that level of creativity. I just transmuted that creative energy into mm. the business platform, and that's just been my canvas. And gotcha. so I just utilized all my creativity and my energy there. But been even been away from my direct art, and I made it a point to just this year to go back into actually creating more art in that sense. That's mm. just. And then what other things that I enjoy doing, what other things can I to explore doing separate from business. So I need to travel and everything like that is still there with the business. But how about the travel for me in the, as an individual? Mm. So my personal, um, I, I restructured a lot of my goals and my daily intentions and my weekly intentions and so forth down to three categories where I put all my focus on what my intentions are for personal then what my intentions are for my relationships, and then what's my intentions for business. Mm. And now I set goals in those, separate, those three separate areas. They do intertwine and match to a degree, but I have to have that clear-cut distinction of me, my personal development, things that I need to do for my personal growth. Things that I need to do to help improve my family and friendships and personal relationships, you know, and significant others. And then business, of course. And so I found that to be so helpful to be able to just separate those things in that way. And um, since that pandemic, that's when I started to really carve out more and more time. And I've started to do this before, but then I carved out more and more time and then I set extreme boundaries yeah. on my work time. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think I may have shared that with you before. That's yeah. where I have my my eight in the morning to six in the evening, 10 hours a day, and five days a week, anything outside of that. Before that time in the morning, I get up at four to five o'clock in the morning, 4.30 to five, five in the morning, every morning, and go from there. And so, that's my time all the way up until eight. So I do whatever I need to do from that point, personal development to meditation, um, study to exercise and so forth. I have that window to be flexible with after six, I put family or, you know, and in, in orientations with um, other friends and things of that nature after six on stickly, strictly business between 10 and six and I'm sorry, I said between eight and six, right. which is 10 hours. And focus on that. And i got to make everything work within that time period. Hmm.
0: I love that. And it makes a lot of sense to me because things need to have boundaries. Because if not, I know in my life this has happened. It just gets to the point where everything kind of just blends together. Just how you talk about that mesh point. And what I love about your strategy is that you're actually taking the first part of your day for yourself. For me, I'm such a firm believer that in order to truly impact others and serve at a high level, Mm -hmm. my cup has to be full. And with everything that's running over that cup, that's how I get to serve powerfully in my business and in my relationships. Mm -hmm. So I very much see a mirror in you in the sense that it's like, hey, when I get up between 4.30 and 5, I got three hours that are dedicated Mm -hmm. to me. And then from that place, I can get into my business. And then from business, it's all about friends, family, relationships, Mm -hmm. and all of that. So I think that's extremely, extremely, extremely powerful. And for everyone listening, I want to invite you to look at your own life right now and are there certain boundaries that get to be set around different aspects of your life? And if you need to take an even bigger step before that, do you have different buckets where you're actually even bringing awareness to the aspects of your life that need love and attention that maybe you're not paying attention to? How I approach my life and how I work with a lot of my clients, it's helping them understand there's Many different buckets, and, and they kind of just expand just slightly beyond what you said, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think of the like family and friends buckets. I almost separate that into two different buckets. So, okay. for me, it's like, how's my personal relationship with my fiance, mm-hmm. right? And then, how is my relationships with friends and family, right? And then, even within my own personal side, and I'm, I'm sure you do this as well because you mentioned it as you talk about all the different things that you do. But within the personal side, for me, there's like my personal growth, my spiritual growth, Mm -hmm. my health and wellness, right? right? And my leisure time, like what do I like to do for fun? Like now I love golfing. Had a couple great rounds, so now I'm always plotting, seeing like, okay, how can I get more more (laughs) golf into my schedule? So if that's something you like, Edwin, you let me know. But yeah, I think it's so important that everybody takes the time to understand like, hey, one, where do you want your time to go, right? Two, how are you currently spending it? And then three, what can you do in order to change it and have it happen the way you want to? So I love the way you're doing it in terms of like, hey, these are my boundaries. These are my set times that I do these things. And I'm mm-hmm. sure when you do it in that way, it allows you to be super dialed in and present yeah. to whatever's at hand. Yeah, so I absolutely. really love that. Yeah,
1: yeah. And yeah, it, it just really brings discipline and focus. Yeah. And so, and to just and we all need that we all need discipline and focus, and you have to find a way to implement that comfortably in your life mm. it's not going to be a comfortable process but you got to find a way, a method to just begin to introduce it at your pace yeah and what people tend to do is just take on what others are doing mm. and there's nothing wrong with that, but what you have to do is take it on. And then begin to just look at it in such a way and find what works for you in that. Because that whole method may not work. Right. It may not fit into your lifestyle as the way it is. Now, everybody's different. We all are different. We all are made up different. So, I think it's just important to be able to just be flexible enough. Yeah. And be also forgiving enough to yourself to know that, okay, I I need to adjust a little bit. So, my 10, for example, my 10 to 6, it adjusts a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm hardcore on the 10 to 6, but sometimes work when going to expand, stand a little longer. Mm. Sometimes I may get a little bit of a late start. Mm. It's okay. Right. You know, and so I just continue to make sure that I stay on the course with my objectives, priorities, and what I need to get just done and then just get, get it done you know and so if, if, if I oversleep by some you know for some other reasons because maybe I've been studying a little longer the night before maybe I've been out maybe I've been out with some friend, long conversation emergencies whatever mm, it may have been right kind just be flexible with yourself and right. just don't be so hardcore because the principle is and what I find will work for me is just create the habit once you create the habit and you create the space then it just becomes natural, and you have it already there. Then you right. can adjust and change it around later on down the road. Because my ten to six may change later on. I don't tend to do ten hours a day of work all the time. I want to reduce that down. I'd rather have maybe five hours a day mm-hmm. and take the rest of the time for me. Focus in core on business, manage, do what needs to be handled, that handle, and the work still gets done. Right. You know, it's all about getting as much done in the with the least amount of input. Mm, I love so that. So I'm moving towards that space of things. And I used mm. to do a lot more longer hours. I'm doing less hours now. And I, my goal is to just go even less than that. Mm. You know, I, To the point where eventually we just do have a two-day work week. Nice. I okay. can't. <laughs> if I do have a two-day work week, then I can just go ahead and still get everything done. Right. And I, everything else is a lot more exploration and inner work and other things from there. I'll figure it out from that point. I, I can't even see what that would be like. But I'm moving to that space now. figure it out.
0: I love that. I love that. And what The words that come up for me when you explain all that... It's effectiveness, efficiency, productivity. I make up that, at least in the corporate world, a lot of work is kind of dictated just by like, all right, how many hours are you putting in? As opposed to how much are you actually getting done? How much are you moving things forward? What are you completing? And that's the thing, it's like, as you said, when you have, or when you're developing a habit and you're starting to develop a system, you're putting yourself in a position to be more productive, more efficient, more effective. Mm-hmm. And then within there, once you start to get the hang of it, and you start developing this habit, well now there can be more fluidity. And now you know like, okay, if I need to take an hour here for this other thing, I can do it. If I need to extend this time a little bit longer, I can do it. But in order to get to that point, there takes a little bit of structure or even maybe rigidity in the beginning mm-hmm. to establish the habit. And then from there it's like, okay, I can grow. Right, which I love I love that man so when you told me your nickname (laughs) the Uh stylistocrat, I was like I love that and I gotta know what that means and and how that nickname came to be can can you shed a little light for us on what do you mean when you say that you're the stylistocrat, and how did all of that
1: embodiment happen Mm, okay well let's see without it being such a long story let's take it back a little bit, dial it back a little bit to, I, about 10, the last 10 to, uh, well, the last 15, almost 20 years, <clears throat> I've been heavily doing a lot in the fashion industry, fashion entertainment industry, and so, I've always had a background, prior to that, I've always had a background and had this affinity on personal style and my own individual look, You know, back in high school, I always had a unique look and style that attract people to the point where a lot of people started to copy what I was doing. Mm. That's a whole nother story. Right, right, right. But, um, so, fast forward, as I was doing more and more work in the fashion entertainment space, and was launching a magazine at the time, and we were doing things uh, on the media side of things as a magazine... We ended up garnering a lot of attention i'm saying we me and a partner of mine and so we planned it out so we all we both had a always had a sense of style but we knew that image and i always knew that image makes a statement mm. an image in your personal image is making a statement even before you are heard mm. So when you walk into a room or someone walk into the room where you are, they see you before they hear from you. Right. And you can leverage that level of communication because 90, I know it's actually about 80, approximately 80% of all communication is nonverbal. And so if you can leverage and use the image, your personal image to send the right message, you can control that message and get the results that you want just like speaking right and so I've learned how to leverage and use image and style to communicate and draw specifically the type of attention that I want Mm. and I've learned how to use that personally then I've learned how to transition and use that on a brand and now doing what business a process a system whatever it might be Mm. because now it's no different where it's all about communication and being able to communicate in a certain way. And then deeper than that is like what type of communication and how you how you intend to impact a person. Mm. You know, but that's a whole nother conversation. So right, right. as we were doing that, we planned out and knew that okay, we're gonna be able to get attention and we'd be able to now use this attention to just leverage it. You know, for as to create more opportunities and and create more doorways for what we want to get done, Hmm. and we did that, and it ended up spiking beyond our imagination. People were just like shocked, and it was a shock factor. We just we knew we planned that. Okay, we was going to shock some people. We didn't think it was going to be to that 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 level. Mm -hmm. And um, so, without going into too much details, my image was a catalyst for me to use as a method and a plan to scale myself up stage by stage Mm. over and over again. So I honed in on that because I realized it works. And then I created a structure of really having, you know, being able to deliver off of whatever I was promoting and pushing at the time. So the image caught people's attention, it drew them in, everyone from... Uh, just the general public to just business experts and professionals, business owners, hotel owners, club owners, to celebrities, and I can go on and on and on, and so, I mean, media and all of that, and I have crazy stories around that, And um, but the image was key, and it wasn't a gimmick and it wasn't mm. that's, that's the, the, the thing about it is that this right. wasn't a gimmick to just try to just get attention right it was just really honing in and figuring out you know what what's my real expression and it was more about let me find how I can express my uniqueness without saying anything mm. and, it was, and it was just an exercise and just kind of playing around with it and the both of us did it to the point where it really drew a lot of attention because it came from a real place right that authenticity yeah and so it wasn't about just tossing, putting something on, something, a name brand or whatever it may be. So we wore name brands, wore brand, brands that were that were no name brand, but it was about wearing something that really was an extension of your personality and what you truly was uh, uh, prepared to offer. And we had a lot to offer, so we just used and came from that place. And so... Leveraging the uh, the look and image to just truly draw people's the people's attention in, right, was the strategy to just be able to create more opportunity and be able to use that opportunity to develop and scale stage by stage, which mm-hmm. led me all you know years later now to where I am now and just kind of create. I've been able to extend beyond the fashion entertainment industry still doing things in that space but then now in the health and wellness space in the education space in the technology in the startup space and then some Mm. and so the stylistocrat I coined that term to stimulate people's thinking as well right and so the stylistocrat basically comes from an individual who is very good at styling And then an aristocrat is a high-standard, distinguished individual. Mm. And so I mixed the two of those because I knew that my style was such a unique expression because it came from me. It was my own unique, different style. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to just label that in such a way to coin my particular look, my particular expression, so that people can always remember that. And so the stylistocrat was born during that time of us marketing ourselves, pushing ourselves out there, delivering and creating these crazy experiences and everything like that mm. uh, in the fashion entertainment industry.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's so powerful. It's really powerful to understand that 80% of communication is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole idea of the second you step into a room, there's eyes on you, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're saying something without even saying something. And people Absolutely. are hearing things without you even saying something, yeah. right? So people are going to have their own interpretations and things of that nature. And some of the feedback that I've gotten in my own life over the last, you know, gosh, probably like five, six years is, you know, my energy, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like that's a very similar thing, right? It's like the way yeah. that I carry myself or how I'm dressed or how I'm positioned, posture, smile on my face, or if it's there's not a smile on my face, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's like... It's saying a lot without me having to actually move my mouth, right? And I think it's fascinating because I know a big part of some of the work you do, because you're you're very eclectic. You got a lot that you do and that you Mm -hmm. offer to the world, which I think is amazing. But this idea of how important personal brand is in business, I believe that a lot of my own personal success in my business has been an extension of me simply being who I am getting a better understanding of who I am through the inner work, mm-hmm. through the personal development, through you know overcoming some of the traumas that I went through and understanding that those were opportunities for me to learn and grow. And it's from that space that it's allowed me to work with other people and have other people want to come in my space and collaborate, whether it's on their life, on a business that they have, or whatever it may be. But I didn't realize at the time I was doing it that I was working on my personal brand. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious in terms of how you view the process of someone building their personal brand. Like Mm -hmm. how does one even start that journey Mm. without it being forced and it being
1: something that is authentic? Interesting, very good question. And good thing that you said authentic because a lot of times people just wanna create something just to get the attention for a outcome. Right. And that outcome is just a limited outcome. Okay. You just want to make money or you just want to just try to get some attention just for the moment or whatever it might be. A brand, a true, you know, a true brand is an experience. It's an experience that someone encounters, they're impacted in, you know, in a very emotional way and they want to share that experience mm. because it's enjoyable. And so a brand really brings that. And then it's a lot of nuances as to how that actually plays out. But in its core, that's what a brand does. Right. An effective brand. And so the process of figuring out what can work for you, what can work for an individual, what can work for a company, an idea, a service, it roots down to... A person it roots down to an individual that idea because every no matter what it is if we're looking at the computer that's here we're looking at the table that's here we're looking at any item it, it's sprued and it developed originally from the thought and the idea of someone right and so they had an intention behind it right and if that intention you know was to be able to provide something that someone else can use and then it can go deeper than that or could have stopped there But now, if we look at now creating a brand, the brand has to come from a real place. Mm. For it to really be impactful, it has to come from a real place. Now what does that look like? A real place is figuring out why you want to share this thing. Mm. Why you want to share whatever it is. This service, this product, yourself, what is the idea what are you trying to convey and what's the impact that you want to be able to bring to others Mm -hmm. now you have to look outside of yourself right you have to look at okay how can this impact and help someone else in a positive way and then the deeper you go with that the more impactful that brand would be right and so the different phases of how i structure things is it got to come from a real place number one you got to figure out the why and you Mm got to figure out the why Outside of you of how it benefits you. Mm. You gotta figure out how this benefits someone else and how that can be impactful or maybe even benefit multiple people from that point and ongoing. Right. I go I come from a place where when I'm figuring out a brand, I'm now looking at the why and the impact on how that person can find a way to help them become more expressive and more unique and it just adds to them to become more of themselves mm. and so now it required me to think a little bit deeper and so my process and what i do is figuring out okay this is outside of anything that benefits me right this is now completely how this impact and benefits someone else mm-hmm. and as i'm putting together the why and now i'm putting together the how and i'm putting together now these other different components after that now it's starting to shape up to be something that really is going to benefit somebody and hit them emotionally in the right way so now from that point I begin to work backwards and look at what is it that I can offer from my personal self not not in a sense where it's beyond my scope of what I can do but from what I can do And how can I begin to share that? Mm. And what does that look like? And so whether it's a method, a process, it's a, um, or it's just simply actually a, even a look. And so when it comes down to image, right, for example, with fashion and style, when I fashion and style and put a look together, I think about, okay, what kind of impact? do i want to have from those who see me right and i understand color vibrancy patterns and leveraging those things and combining those things in such a way where you're able to put it and you have to attach that to the level of energy and the expression of the emotion that you want to be in or you're truly in at that moment because mm. it has to match up. And that's, a, that's the difference between, for example, a person who's a stylist who just simply put a look together and put that look onto someone from a person who's more of an image development type of coach mm. who works with an individual to figure out who they are and find a look that works and truly express their personality and their desires, their wants and their goals and their objectives at the time. Mm. And so now you have to if you come from that place, the one that just has a a look that's dropped on them, that's just like a mannequin. Right. And then right, you somebody right. on the runway just kind of just walk in and it just you see you see the outfit. Right. Just but no there's no motion. There's, there's no, no life to it, no connection. Yeah. 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 And but if you have it now where an individual and they're there with a very unique look that stems from their personality that stems from you know what their goals and objectives are Mm -hmm. and then playing around with that And there's no end to it now you have a different level of connection because it's coming from that person and they are now owning that look they're walking with it completely Mm -hmm. there's no different when you're now structuring and putting a brand together that brand your message now has to just completely be that so now Mm -hmm. if you're thinking and you put that first process in place of how this impacts this other person and make them feel something. And for me, it's about letting them, making them feel more
0: empowered. Nice, that's exactly what I had in my head. It's and so, so
1: my whole objective in everything that I do is how can I make another, the other person feel more empowered even by the way I look. So then I know if I'm using colors, I can use certain colors that have certain vibrancy that Placate to the emotional side of them because certain colors brings out different emotions. Mm. And if you look at colors, for example, just you know, to spin off on the side of this a little bit, you look at children toys Mm -hmm. and children clothing, right, right. And you look at toddlers to adolescents, it's vibrant, yeah, and it's at a certain tone, and it makes you feel good. Even when adults see that, mm-hmm. they feel good about just seeing even baby toys and clothes and things like that. We get stimulated a certain way. Mm. It affects us a certain way. There's no stopping at just, you know, from adolescence. Why should we stop there? We can leverage and use those colors because when you put those colors in place and like I'll end up putting an outfit together and I have these different, really, you know, these vibrant um, pastel type colors and I pair them up in such a way and it, it looks like, it's just it and, and I know what kind of effect that it would bring. Right. It brings enjoyment out of other people because they're like they just they just see and it just kinda stimulates them because each color has a certain vibrancy and that's the whole other thing. The right. colors have a vibrancy and it stimulates a certain emotion. And then so when you pair these things up and you put it to a look and you come and, and it's and it's complementing your emotions at the time, you don't have to say anything, you're gonna mm. automatically draw attention. To people and you're going to end up getting that impact. And once you once you get that emotional charge out of them, they would even come up to you. It's 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 crazy how it works. People come up to you, and because the average person don't do this, right. And so now, not going too far on that side, is go right back to the branding thing. So now, this is how you make your brand stand out. What looks, what type of expression can be done? What kind of messaging can be done? to actually make you stand out. And so you have to find those different elements and then package it in such a way and try different ways to just now deliver it. Because Mm -hmm. one way is not going to always work. You got to find different ways of delivering it and get that level of impact across the board. And in a nutshell, that's kind of how my process works when I'm developing a brand. It has to come from a real place. And you have to now step outside of yourself and see how can this... Impact and for me and my my personal uh, objective is how can this empower someone else? How can they feel more empowered by this of what I'm presenting, either by the way I look or this service or this business or this project that I'm on. I love that. I
0: love that, man. Thank you so much for going into that level of depth because there's so many different aspects of that that I kind of want to expand upon or get your your intake on. And the first part is this idea you talk about, one, an effective brand, product, whatever it may be, it has to come from, first, an authentic place, right? Mm -hmm. And then also understanding, it's like, what's the emotion that I want to invoke? Or what is the message I'm looking to portray, right? How Mm -hmm. do I want to make other people feel? There's that aspect of it. And at the same time, there's this aspect of, and this is what I'm reading a lot more about in different types of business books. One is the E-Myth. I don't know if you ever read E Myth, but I haven't. I re- haven't. Re- really, really good book. And I've had, it's one of these books I've had in my library literally for like six, seven years and just never read it. And then another friend recommended it. I'm like, all right, like, felt that calling. It's time. But it's also, you know, one of the problems that the author goes into is how all of us as an entrepreneur, we wear kind of like these three hats or these three roles mm-hmm. there's the technician, the manager, and the entrepreneur. And each part is important. But the problem is most people who start a new business, they come from this place of the technician, which is like the skilled person who does the thing. And in the book, he gives a specific example of this woman who made pies and she loved to make pies Mm -hmm. as a hobby. She puts so much love and affection into it. And everyone's like, hey, you got to open up like a bakery, a pie shop. So she opens up the pie shop, but she only really likes making the pies. She doesn't like all the business things of it, right? Like, doing the register, doing the numbers, cleaning up everything, making sure everything's ready, this, that, the other, marketing, sales, all that. And so her business starts to decline, right? And then you have the manager, that aspect, that role, where that person is the one who's all about the discipline, the order, the systems, Mm -hmm. the processes, right? Making sure everything is, you know, all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted. And then you have the entrepreneur who is like the innovator Mm -hmm. who sees the big picture where is this thing gonna go all of that and so i bring up this book because in it it talks about how important it is when making some type of product service whatever it is that you have to be thinking about what the customer wants what does the customer need Mm -hmm. what's their problem what is that you're looking to solve and where people go wrong is they are just sharing the thing they feel like they just have to share yet they're not finding the balance of like, hey, that person actually needs it. Like, no one might not want what you're trying to share. That's right. right? Which is very possible. So like, how do you help people find that balance of coming from a place of authenticity, knowing, hey, this is what I wanna bring to the table, and balancing that properly with knowing like, hey, this is what the market needs. This is a huge pain point, and I'm gonna bring these two together.
1: Hmm. (laughs) Good question. So, the first thing I have to say on something like that, when I'm, when I'm approaching from consulting someone on that side of things is you got to be flexible. Okay. Flexibility is key. Mm. So, number one, personally. you got to be flexible personally. you got to be flexible even with your ideas. Flexible with, you know, um, how you may see things. Because the process of working with other people is a learning process mm. and it's a process of communication and communication changes and communication is different for every person one thing that I learned a while back is that and when I heard this it hit me like a ton of bricks and mm. I was like this makes a lot of sense people don't believe what they see people see what they believe Mm. perspectives yeah mm. and so whatever their construct or what you know that made them everything that led up to them where they are right now in life and, what, you know, whatever the influences and things of that nature shapes the perspective of what they already see. So you can present something, but then they see it's totally different. Mm-hmm. So that's how come when we have communication with friends and things like that, it takes a little time to figure out how to communicate and work with that person because we all process information differently. And then sometimes we, we uh, you know, we have, affili- not, we have a, um, an affinity with others right. who are similar. Right. Because the communication it just doesn't require that much change of communication. Right. Just a little bit Mm -hmm. with those who don't. It's more of a challenge. Right. And so we like "Ah, I can't mesh with that person right there. So I say be flexible. You got to be flexible because if you want to communicate, especially presenting something to a market, you got to be flexible because you're dealing with a number of different types of people who Mm -hmm. may see things differently. So, then it requires a different level of study to see now what is it that people are seeing now. Mm. So, yes, everyone sees things differently, but then now there is still group dynamics where people follow trends and people follow the group of what's happening at the time. Right. Now you've got to figure out what's happening, what people are seeing out here. What is the common denominator that everyone, for the most part, can see it and right. understand it? And so, When you begin to see that and start researching and figuring that part out, now it begins to help you to learn how to bring your idea to the table Mm. to now begin to work with that idea and try different iterations on putting it out to the public. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. So the flexibility is that you may have to change this up a little bit. You may have to really switch it up. And it's a process. And so some people they plan it out and they do that process before they even introduce it and then they introduce it and still have to be flexible enough to just go ahead and adjust it a little bit and then others will put something out there and then try to adjust it out there which is a little bit risky hmm. but you still have to get out there and put it out there right so it just depends on what's being put out there what the product is what the um, the item that others are going to be engaged with if it's a product that they're consuming is something that they're gonna be able to get real quick if it's something that they're gonna be involved with all the little variations matter but the core bottom line fundamental is you have to be able to present whatever you have even if it's yourself right in such a way where you can now deliver it with a common denominator that everyone can, mm. uh, you know, really understand. Right. And they have to, and it's not like where they understand, you can't present like something that was effective five years ago. As a matter of fact, you can't, you can't even present something, you know, that was presentable three years ago. Right. Today, in the same way, people's perspective have changed. Right. we you know we've been through a pandemic. We have the you know we're still in it, and whether we're at the tail end of it or not, regardless, we've been through it, and everyone's perspective changed since lockdown. Right. And people are now seeking and they're desiring something different, and so it's about figuring out what do people want. So it really takes about. The process really takes you to step outside of what you want to what other people want. Right. And when you begin to think that way, you begin to figure out what is it that um, that common denominator can possibly be. And then you begin to package and present what you have in that way. And um, then you'll be able to get some feedback, you get acceptance, and then you can begin to still be flexible to iterate and change a little bit more from there and double down on what's working.
0: Got you. Got you. What I love about this, like as you talk about this process and how to look at it, to me it's very dynamic, Mm -hmm. right? It's one of these things where, the way I interpret what you said, it's like I have to come in with a level of flexibility to take my idea Mm -hmm. and make sure that I can mold it in a way that allows me to meet people where they are. Right. Right. It's like going out into the market, seeing what they want, what they need, what they desire. But making sure that, yeah, I might have all these great ideas, and I can explain it in such a sophisticated way. Mm -hmm. But if it's not truly meeting that person where they're at, it's not going to land. They're going to perceive it differently than what my intention is. Yeah, that's really, really key. I love that aspect of it. And then even once you're out there and you're in the market and you put that thing there, Mm -hmm. because things change so fast, and especially in my industry of health wellness well-being personal development like there's so much information out there there's so much stuff that it just changes so quick yet all the old information is still out there Mm -hmm. so i find that people just have a lot of confusion around like all right what does actually work and then that might have them pause and just stop and not do anything where in reality and this goes to an earlier point that you brought up it's really about taking the scientific method approach. It's like, hey, okay, I see these people doing this thing, mm-hmm. right? I hypothesize that that thing is going to work for me yeah, in the same way, mm-hmm. but now I'm going to go test it, and I'm going to yep. go see how does that work for me. It works for me well? Great. Perfect. I'm going to keep doing it. Oh, it doesn't work for me? Okay. I'm not just going <laughs> to throw out all of health, wellness, well-being, personal development, and just throw it to the side, exactly. but I'm going to go to the next thing and try to see does that thing work for me and keep going into that process. Mm-hmm. And in the same way that I look at health that way, I also get to understand I get to look at my business and my brand and what I'm bringing out into the world in the same way. And the way that I can make a strong hypothesis mm-hmm. is by having a lot of conversations, doing the research, seeing like, hey, what do you want? What are your desires? What do you need? What are your goals? What's getting in the way? Right. And then if I have enough people saying it, realizing like, okay, I have something for that what I already inherently want to do and put together matches that or what I currently have can be tweaked Mm -hmm. a little bit here a little bit there to where I'm still being in integrity with what I believe and what works and all of that and now I can bring that to the world with the understanding of like hey even as it's out in the world there might be small tweaks that need to happen along the way so I really really appreciate that perspective
1: and that helps out a lot. Oh, man, I appreciate that it can help. I mean, it's, it's something that I've been practicing for quite some time. Um, and it just takes a method of just stepping outside of what you want, you know. And a lot of, it's, a lot of people find this hard to do mm. because people are so – it, it becomes so natural to just think about, okay, what I need, what I need, what I need, what I need. And then so we go out in the world with what I need, what I need. And so your perspective and your approach and your energy mm-hmm. is about what you want, and people are not going to always cater to that, right? Because they're thinking the same way of what they want, right? But so when you got in this uh, an environment with everyone thinking like that, how do you get what you need out of it? Mm. You got to step outside yourself. You got to step outside the comfort zone of looking of uh, looking for yes. what simply works for you, right? Now you have to look at what works for everyone else. And the best way to get everyone else's attention, if everybody's thinking about themselves, is to help them figure out what can empower them to become a little bit more of what they want. Mm, Facts. And so when you present that common, then that's the common denominator that's out there. So Mm -hmm. now you you leverage that. Then you know how to deliver to people certain information. And if it's now going to benefit them, they're all for it. And so there's different levels as to how you can begin to present all of those things. But another key thing is, you have to still be able to find when you're doing that. Now you have to find what you truly enjoy, right? And deliver whatever product that you're creating. It's got to be enjoyable. And it's got to come from a real place. It's got to be something that's truly an extension of you. Mm. And so, and and this applies across the board. This applies to business. This applies to how you present yourself to other people. This applies in relationships and then some Hmm. because you have to think beyond what your world is and think okay what other people's worlds and what's important to them and so if you're in a relationship with someone else and it's even if it's a friendship or if it's an intimate relationship then you have to think about what's important to that person and you have to make decisions and choices in that sense so you have to change The way you think, in order to now compensate and make room for that person to be in your lifestyle, right? And they would do the same, and then you have a real relationship that happens from that point. Yeah, it's a collaborative effort, it's absolutely a collaborative effort. And so, and then transparency has to be there, right? And then there's no different even with the brand and marketing and so forth, it's about transparency. Mm -hmm. It's about showcasing why this is important. And it now roots down to that individual. And so what connects people with brands the most is the fact that there's a real story that's there. Mm. There's a real story as to why this brand is offering this service. Why this brand is offering and producing these products. Because their goal is this, to add value into your lifestyle. Right. And people connect with that so much better. And whichever brand is offering the more value to the lifestyle of other people, people are more connected to that brand Mm -hmm. and have more affinity and brand loyalty to that brand. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: That makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. I think, I mean, something that keeps really sticking out to me, as you say it, is this idea of empowerment, right? Mm -hmm. And empowering the individual, the group, whatever it is that you're working with to be a fuller version of themselves or to get closer to that place that they desire to be how do you describe empowerment essentially what
1: it is and just why it's so important Hmm. okay empowerment empowerment is the ability to have the freedom of choice and do what you truly desire to do that makes you happy Hmm. Now you're empowered to just able to live. Mm. People want three basic fundamental things. Human beings, they want every human being want three basic fundamental things. They want to be able to generate and make money on their terms that and do something they truly like and enjoy. They want experience and adventure to try out new things and just explore. Right. And they want to be loved and heard mm. and understood. Yep. When you can understand those three basic fundamentals that a person want you know now how to communicate with them and you're communicating from a real place not trying to just only placate to that person but you're communicating with that in mind that this is what this person wants so now I have to be able to now communicate with them through the way they understand because they want to be heard and we all want to be heard and we want to be understood and we want to be loved And so, when you communicate that, you now have to bring and present yourself with that level of energy coming from a real place. Right. And people are now become more receptive. Mm. They open up. And when they feel these things, they feel those three things. That is the empowerment that they want. Mm. So even if you're able to deliver one of those things, people feel a little bit more empowered because they now they feel understood. Now, they have this sense of adventure and trying out something new. They're really excited by it. Now, they can generate and make a lifestyle and a living doing what they truly like and make money to support their lifestyle. Right. And so, being able to completely um, offer a means in a way where a person can become empowered opens them up. They put their guards down and you have their attention. Mm. Because everyone's looking for it, right we all want a more sense of uh, of, of um, control of our own lives, right. and not having to just do things because it has to be done, and regardless of what. So I don't truly really enjoy it, but I have to do it. It's not enjoyable an enjoyable life, and right. so you know, as children, we didn't have to worry about those levels of responsibility, so we was free. We right. played all the time. Yeah. And children have a certain level of energy. We shouldn't lose that. We should actually keep that same level of energy in doing the things that we're doing today. Right. And so what we have to do is, so everyone, you know, everyone wants freedom. Everybody wants that self, um, self, self-control to do what they want to do. Right. And that level of freedom is important. And that level of freedom allows the empowerment to do what you choose to do and enjoy doing from that place. Right, right. So empowerment is being able to allow that level of freedom and Mm. also bring tools, bring resources, and bring assistance and help to let that person get to that point to get either one of those three things. Yeah,
0: I mean, it makes all the sense in the world and it's powerful because, you know, empowerment can essentially lead to freedom Mm -hmm. in a sense. And when I look at my work that I do with people, it's very much about empowering them or another way of putting it, it's helping them help themselves. Yeah. Right. Because I think there is a distinction between empowering somebody and enabling somebody. Right. And the last thing that I want to do is have it to where. You know, a client feels dependent upon me like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't do it without you or even with my fiance for her to feel like, oh, I couldn't do this thing or, or live without you or anything like that. Like, I would never want that for any type of mm-hmm. relationship that I'm in, personal or business. And that's why I think empowerment is such a it's just such a strong distinction and place to come from. Yeah. Because it's really giving someone the tools that maybe they don't have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just don't know what to do. They don't know what they what they don't know. Yet now through sharing knowledge, skills, you know, helping, assisting, aiding, guiding along the way, you're giving that person the opportunity to put themselves in a position to have freedom. Right. I love that.
1: Right. Yeah. And they like that more. <laughs> right. Whether they realize it or not, because they can do it on their own. Right. You know you know you don't have a crutch and having to need someone else to do it for you. So when you feel that oh man I can do this and now you feel even more emboldened to now Mm. take on more challenges. Right. Even on your own, the ideas that you thought you couldn't do before, now you feel more empowered and now you just, okay, you know what? I got the ability to do this. You're Mm. building up confidence. You're building up, you know, more perspective. You're now seeing, you're actually increasing your faith, faith in yourself. Right. And so now, so many different things are happening when a person begins to start feeling different levels of empowerment, even from the smallest sense, because then now, their whole attitude changes. Mm. And that's what people want. Right, and so your brand—if you're bringing and delivering something, you, if you can empower someone, that's all of the difference in the world.
0: I love that. I love that, man. And I'm enjoying this conversation so much, man. It's powerful. And to think about you know personal brand and think about empowerment, and another thing we spoke about that I know you're very passionate about mm-hmm. is social impact. Yeah, and the importance. Yeah of brands and businesses incorporating social impact in the work that they do can you give some examples of how that's looked with your own work and then essentially why it's so important to you to be making social impact through your brand and your businesses all right
1: yeah so for me um social impacts is a huge component of my life and it's been a part of my life since the age of 17. And, um, and I'm 46 today. That's been a lot of years. And so I've been working and iterating and doing different things, trying different things. And I was challenged even. Um, and as I was doing a lot of different community work, I was challenged by a mentor who told me, he said, you know what? You do some of the most amazing art that I've ever seen in my life. And I'm very good at what I do. And um, not to brag, but I'm, I'm literally very good. Yeah. And But he said, as amazing as your work is, how is it helping to transform somebody's life? Mm. And I thought about it and it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, wait a second. I don't know. I thought about that. I'm just creating cool art. I'm doing cool graffiti pieces. I'm doing cool, you know, uh, sketches and paintings and, and doing doing great creative stuff, but it's not impacting somebody's life. But he knew what I wanted mm. because that was a part of me of just helping cuz I was doing it and I've known him for like about maybe uh, about a year or so. Mm. So he seen that in me and then challenged me in that way and that impacted me huge. And so I had to go on a mission to figure out, how can I transition my creativity and my art to be able to help people? What that looked like? And I went on a study and kept going from there and nonstop to the point where I've learned how to do it. It's become so ingrained in me. I don't know how not to do it. Mm. I don't know how not to think outside of myself and um, being able to bring that level of impact to some. So social impact has always been a part of me. And that's a whole different story. So one of the things that I know that no matter what we do in life, we do not live on an island. Right. Even if you did live on an island, there's a whole world around you. (laughs) Right. And so whatever you do, you need to be able to make decisions that still impacts the whole. Mm. Because if you don't, The whole is going to impact you anyway, one way or another. Example, if you're on a block and you have different variations of people that are on that block, a variety of different people that live on this block, and you have you and your family on that block your household, you focus solely on your household, and you just develop and build that, your children, and you continue to grow, and everything is just all about what you want. You don't think about your neighbors, you don't think about anything else, that's all on them, that's their lifestyle, whatever. When it's time for you to walk outside the door and get into the community, or at least just on that block, whatever happens on that block is still going to affect you whatever happens on that block is going to affect your household right so if the block falls apart and there's anarchy out on the block I don't care what you've done inside of your home Mm. all of that is at risk because then now the block is unstable right so it's important to be able to now think outside of just your home because now the smart way to think is how can I protect my home from you know beyond just from the inside Now, how can I protect it from being attacked or being um, compromised from the outside? Right. And so, you have to now think about others on that block. You have to think about others on the block and keeping things as a cool and a good environment that when your children go out, they're supported in that block. Right. And I use the block as an example because the block is still... An example of the community right. and the world that we live in mm-hmm. so we have to think outside the hole and that doesn't mean that you have to come up with a solution for everything and that doesn't mean that you have to come up with a solution and figure out okay how my neighbors need to be raising their children it's not about that Right. it's truly about what can how can we make a more comfortable environment for the environment that I live in hmm. and it's simply by just building relationships right. Building relationships and treating people the way you would like to be treated, building relationships and empowering others to become stronger and more, you know, uh, free flowing in what they're doing so that they're more happier because everybody happy on the block, you have less problems.
0: Right.
1: Everybody's going to have their challenges and whatnot, but then now you, you know, you're building relationships, you're building friendships and now you're able to connect with them in different ways. So when there's an issue, there's a problem, everybody band together. Right. So for me, social impact is just that way. Where if you're putting together a business, and putting together a brand, you're putting together an idea. It only makes sense to actually think about the future. Mm. And for me, the future is once we create whatever we create, the next generation coming up, and those that are out there that are in need. How does this affect these people?
0: Right.
1: How do what you're putting out is bringing can bring a balance to where things can become a little bit more whole in society. And you don't have to think about everyone. Maybe think about two or three people. Hmm. Or if you're putting a product out there, think about your market. right? Because you're making people feel good, people are going to end up reacting and feeling good and that changes the tone of the environment. right? And so, for me, social impact is an investment. It's an investment that allows you to be able to keep whatever you're putting together and the legacy that you're creating to be established and it actually lasts long for generations because you've created and you're impacting an environment that helps to support that right because whatever you whatever you're putting out there is actually supporting the environment too right so my approach when I do social impact is I come from that same place that we spoke about earlier when developing a brand I'm thinking outside of myself I'm thinking about how can I empower others how can this service empower others and I put those components in place and then so I now also begin to structure a business around this Mm. so social impact for me is not just it's not charity is a component of that, but charity can't it, it can't sustain itself. Right. When someone is just giving and giving and giving, because when they can't give, then what happens? Mm. Right. That Things, love stops. Yeah. So it needs to be sustainable. So business, in my perspective, business needs to actually have more social impact in empowering others. Mm. And so that empowerment can look many different ways. So we're empowering others to even generate and make a lifestyle and make more money and make uh, better you know create better relationships and become a better person or whatever it may be you're empowering others and building and investing in an environment that's going to only protect your home that you're living in right the product that you're creating even just yourself and it makes a better environment overall where people are just a little bit more uh, they're less edgy they're not stressed out and things people are more flexible to just be adaptable right and things become much more free-flowing from there
0: Mm. i mean it makes all the sense in the world right like once you're able to have an impact on society at large through your business like it's a win-win again right it's gonna allow the community around you Mm -hmm. to be feeling better to feel cared for to overall have an overall mindset where they belong and mm-hmm. they feel considered, right? Going right back into like the needs that you're talking about to be loved and to be understood. right? And then for the business, it allows for longevity. You're gonna be around yep. a lot longer if you're out here empowering people and impacting people, especially community, in a deep way. And as you were talking about the block, like it really reminds me of like the village, right? Mm-hmm. The tribe. right? Like we, we used to come from just all different types of tribes and villages where it's like the whole was only as strong as all the individual parts mm-hmm. put together. You couldn't just have one person who was just, you know, way up doing all these great things and then on the other side everyone else is suffering. Well then that whole tribe and that village would suffer, right? Exactly. And they'd be extinct and whatever. We we saw that in history. And it's like now it's so interesting to see how at least in my perception, how individualized so many things are Mm -hmm. or businesses that are made only in the image of like all right how much money can i bring in but i don't care if i'm damaging the environment i don't care if i'm hurting other people's lives right like none of that matters when just only the dollar is considered yeah and we talked about this a little bit before we got on but like i'm all for capitalism Mm -hmm. and i also understand it has its limitations so i feel like social impact is what actually allows capitalism to thrive in an empowering way that helps everybody
1: exactly exactly it's just a smart choice if you want to you know if you're gonna make more money invest it in helping someone else out and that person is going to be practically loyal to you because you've helped change them in their life right and what that change looks like is a diff- it's on different levels for every person. Mm. And so because you empowered them to be able to do something, to enable them to do something that they wanted to do, they're now connected with your brand, mm-hmm. they're more connected with you. Right. And then you can continue that communication and engagement from there. So we do live in a capitalistic society, no question about it. And it doesn't have boundaries mm-hmm. as it should. right? or enough boundaries as it should. And so people tend to make decisions on, okay, let me make more money at the expense of such and such. And that needs to be removed because that's not sustainable. That can only last but for so long. Right. And all what has been happening is you've been having different variations of that happening over the generations and generations for centuries that it's been just it's almost like a corporation you create a corporation a corporation is considered a person it has its rights and you're able to now utilize that to make certain decisions and moves because that now protects the individual the actual individual the human right and then the corporation takes the, the fall. But it allows that human to create another corporation in that place Mm. while keeping the same structure. And that's Mm. the only thing that's been happening in in capitalism is a new variation of corporations and names and rebranding and so forth that's happening, but the same method has been going on. Mm. And so at the expense of people. And so that has to change because you can see that it has not led to the best. And there's many other different forms of... Um, capitalism mixed with other different methods and ways that worked in history, how things has worked before. So we're in a capitalist society. We are where we are right now. And how do we make it work? So social impact does not have to be charity. Right. And... Yes, there's messages in between the two, but I separate the two personally by charity being that which you have to you typically give towards a cause without uh, empowering this group or whatever it may be or individual to become self-sustaining. Mm. So that, that way they can do it on their own. So greed is what actually help. I mean not help, but greed is pretty much what has caused uh these different imbalances and, right. it's, and when a company make a decision that I'm only only going for profit, you know, at the expense of the impact of whatever else is happening, then that becomes a problem. Mm. You can start a company just to make money, that's fine, but if your pursuit is money, where does it stop?
0: You're going to want more. Right.
1: exactly. There's no ceiling. Exactly. Right. And if there's not a ceiling like without a goal and an objective to just maybe create some sort of uh, something then it's just like, okay, let me just make more. Right. I just wanna make more and I wanna make more and that has become problematic. Right. And so now it feeds the ego, it feeds this excessive need for more and that's due to the lack of self-esteem of that individual and other different things and you know so forth because then now their only focus is let's just make more money, let's just make more money, let's just make more money. It's nothing wrong with making money. Right. What you making money for? Right. Money's nothing but a tool. Right. Do you, what do you want the money for? Or is it not the money that you really want? Maybe it's the power that you want and the influence over other people. So you're gonna leverage the money to position you to try to gain more, to gain more power and influence over people just to make more money. Right. And so it's just playing to ego. And we've seen this play over and over again. And what has to be done, it has to be challenged. It has to be challenged. I think social impact, it's not charity, but it becomes a means and a way of how it can be integrated into business. And so when you create a project in a business with social impact in mind, it's still something that generates revenue and income that is empowering other people mm. in a certain way that they can continue to either do what they enjoy doing or empower them to do the same thing. And then they pass it on right. from there. Mm.
0: I love that. I love that. And it's a powerful distinction that you bring up between what is charity and what is social impact and that distinction is in the empowerment that social impact has and there's a book that my, my fiancé read I forgot I think it's called The Soul of Money I mm. believe I haven't read it but she we've had conversations around it she told me so much about it and in the book you know the author is a woman who worked in fundraising her entire life right and she had no problem raising all this money for these causes and then that money was just go to these places but it wouldn't actually really help yeah right and the difference was or like kind of how you said it's because it was just money it wasn't empowering the people Mm -hmm. to do new things and the difference that she saw was that when there was that empowerment component to it and part of that was allowing whoever Mm. this money was going to Mm. to say like hey this is how we're going to use it this is how we're going to build this type of infrastructure. This is how it's going to give jobs to these types of people or create these types of systems. Yeah. Then it started to have that success. So I love what you say there. And it starts to have me think about even a new venture that I'm getting ready to go into, right? Mm-hmm. Based in uh, corporate wellness. And it's like, has me think like, Hey, how do I add that even more social impact to it? Mm-hmm. Cause yes, mm-hmm. I'm going to be helping these individual employees, and in turn these individual employees are going to be helping the business right and they're all going to be happier and healthier but how can i incorporate it in such a way where there's aspects that also through maybe the revenue we generate from there whatever it may be that it impacts the local communities or that it brings the local community in yeah. the corporations together mm-hmm. in such a way where now that corporation is now empowering their own community right right so that definitely has. My gear is going. That's something I would love to talk to you about as well. Yeah, I love talking. Let's definitely build on that, making that happen. And man, I mean, this has been a powerful conversation, and I really, really appreciate all of the wisdom, the nuggets that you shared. I mean, I can tell in your 46 years of life, and in this iteration of you, Mm -hmm. man, you've learned so much, and you continue to give. And it's something that I do in my life, and that I I aspire to be doing when I'm 46 and beyond. And I think that it's going to happen through relationships like this, where we're constantly helping each other get better and improve. So Edwin, I appreciate you so much for that. And if you could, if there's any words that you wanted to leave the audience that can empower them to get into action right now as they think about either their personal brand or their personal life or their business, what's something you want them to that you want to share with them that they can start applying right now?
1: Wow. Well, you know what? One thing that I, I'm going call a huge component of is interdependence. Mm-hmm. Interdependency mm-hmm. Is, is true power. Because interdependency is simply learning how to be yourself and making enough room to incorporate someone else mm. to be themselves. Mm. And then working together to grow And move at a common objective and when you learn how to do that and you do that well there's nothing that you can't accomplish Mm. that's a level of empowerment that's powerful it's a level of growth that adds value and help you grow as an individual it helps you grow as a brand a company whatever it may be interdependency is so powerful it's not a new concept It's something that we tend to do on smaller nodes here and there in our lifestyle. But it's something that if you take it and you intentionally move on this and you begin to now make decisions and choices solely on, okay, how can I work with others in such a way that they can become more empowered from what I'm doing? And not necessarily even seeking anything out of that from them. But you're creating that level of room, they're going to automatically want to work with you in that space and grow together. Mm. And so you make room for people that align with the values that you align with and not just anyone. And then you actually bring them into the fold of what you're doing so that way they can... Add what they're doing to what you're doing. You add what you're doing to what they're doing, but none of you stop what you're doing to help the other person. Mm. That's the key point. Right. You continue doing what you're doing, and there's just crossovers, mm. and you grow together on that level. And there's no stopping that. It continues. Now you do it with someone else, and you do it with someone else, and then eventually it just looks almost like an, uh, a, a beehive, which right. is like completely, and then it becomes holistically one unique thing. Overall, And then you can actually move as a conglomerate if you choose to. But the power of interdependency is so powerful and it's freeing because now you're doing something beyond just yourself and you're seeing others being empowered and change. And it helps you out because it's self-satisfying on a different level at the same time you're producing what you truly enjoy doing, your product is actually growing and someone else's product is growing and it's helping them as an individual Mm. as well. And so that power of interdependency is, I share that to say, definitely learn and begin to learn how to think outside of the box, think with an interdependent mind frame and a perspective. And just watch the growth because mm-hmm. it's going to automatically happen. You just it's going to take some time to figure out how and your and your method and way, but just start, find right. a pace, and just start thinking outside of just yourself. Because at the end of the day, you have to do that anyway to make a successful brand, right? <laughs> wow. And so, yeah, that's what that that's what that's what keeps me moving, man. And that's what um, I do. I'm you know passionate about doing that. That's what Brainwash Media is about, and mm-hmm. just being able to even help others learn how to to do to do that
0: I love that I love that and it's so appropriate because the the podcast is called how you can too so it is so for you to be able to go ahead and and share that with the listeners and with myself I mean it's absolutely powerful and interdependency is actually something that I started learning about in the tail end of 2021 Mm -hmm. and I started to see how that's allowed me to expand myself my reach and those around me and you hit on a great distinction and mm-hmm. saying like you can't help somebody at the expense of yourself but it's right. helping somebody while helping yourself doing your thing and it's just that the things will mesh so well that both entities or multiple entities will all grow at the same time powerful Powerful. Indeed. I, I mean, Edwin, for everyone listening, man, where can they find you online and learn more about your work, your services, your art, and just everything you're up to? Oh, well,
1: I'm getting ready to relaunch um, a new website. You can find it at edwinmohammed.com and you can also look up brainwashmedia.com, and then you'll be able to see a lot more of what we're doing a lot more of the projects that we're working on and the different businesses under that that is creating this level of impact in these different areas
0: i love it i love it brother i'm so excited for everything that you're up to for i'm sure the things that we'll get together on i'm super grateful that we met and that we were allowed to have this conversation and hopefully be able to build some interdependency between each other indeed let's do it i appreciate it. you my brother great work today great work thank you appreciate everyone listening and as always remember You can too.